you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. and J. Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Mm-hmm. Um, today, we are, our topic, we are discussing human sexuality, but um, with a, a bit of a twist. I, I say a bit of a twist. We'll kind of get into that a little bit. Before we do, though, let me also, let me first, rather, let me invite parents to um, decide whether or not your kids who maybe listen along with you during this time, whether or not they're old enough to hear a conversation about human sexuality. I know that um, as we parent our kids for the glory of God, we introduce content um, at our discretion and at the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so if your kid is not ready or you haven't had a conversation with him or her, um, about human sexuality, then let us not be the ones to force you into that. So um, we'll just say that today's topic may not be suitable for young listeners, just mm-hmm. depending on what you've taught your kids yet about um, one of the many ways where humans are broken. Right. That's what it is, right? I mean, that's right. what we're talking about. We're talking about um, one of the many ways where humans are broken. Uh, can I say this? So I, I was talking with um, I was talking with Sam Witt this morning. Mm hmm. And he's five. And as we were going through and um, we were talking about sin and talking about the gospel, Mm. and I'm not even really sure how this door was opened, but however it was opened, I walked into this door to talk with him about (laughs) the gospel. Oh, I remember now. Okay. Okay. Yay. Thank you, Lord. Okay. He asked me, he said, before we start school, Mm -hmm. he goes, can you read to me from your Bible? Mm. And so I said, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so I open my Bible and I take him to John three sixteen. Yes. And he has memorized. This is one of the ones that you've taught him to memorize. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he starts quoting it along as I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. And and I said, do you do you understand this? Mm. And he was like, uh, <laughs> no. Mm. So so I start talking to him about sin in the human heart mm-hmm. and how Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. And he asked me, he's five, by the way, and he asked me, why? Why did Jesus have to pay for my sin? Why do I have sin? So I go back to Genesis, and I explain to him about the fall, and I explain to him about Adam. And it's amazing, like when you talk to someone where there is just, um, there is a genuine innocence and a, gen- a genuine, like, trying to process the information as as is being presented. Yeah. Um, the questions are so like deep, but for them, it's like, this is really, truly what I'm wondering. And he asked me, he said, how did I sin when I wasn't even there? Mm. <laughs> he, he, he said, he said, oh, man. <laughs> and so I'm listening to him and there were some points where he was asking me questions about the gospel as I was presenting it to him that his five-year-old vocabulary failed him. 
Yeah. He couldn't process the types of questions that he was trying to ask. And and in fact, it was really interesting. He got to one point in the conversation where he actually said to me, you can finish my question. Like, in other words, you can finish. You can you can ask this question for me um, because I can't I can't I don't know. He, he would say, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. Like he was having a hard time. Yeah. So I tried to explain to him that because Adam is sort of, I tried, I tried to use terms that he would understand. He's our first parent. Mm-hmm. So Adam is like the father of creation. He is the first man that God created. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Adam's not my dad. <laughs> man. Okay. Yes. Spiritually speaking, though, we were in Adam. So when sin infected Adam, it infected everyone who would come after Adam through that line. Mm -hmm. And so his mind, his eyes are just he's trying to process this. And and we went through it. And and so I talked to him and and man, and there's some things I want to talk to you about a little bit later here. Um, But I'm thinking about the innocence of our children and how, man, we have got to make sure that on a regular basis, and this was my conviction, mm-hmm. that we are presenting the gospel to our children. We should not assume that they have, um, one, heard it, or two, properly processed it. Mm. Properly processed it. Because I asked him about, as as I was sharing the gospel with him, and I went into some more detail, and I'm going to move on from, from this, but I went into some more detail about the gospel and about the implications of the gospel and about spending an eternity separated from God. Um, do you understand what it is that the soul that sins will die, you know? Mm-hmm. And and this is very weighty, right? But you have to tell your children the truth. You don't sugarcoat the gospel. Right. You try to make sure they understand it, but you make sure that you you are also telling them the truth. And um I said, Have you have you ever repented of your sin, Sam Witt? Have you ever repented of your sin? And he said, Every time I have to go to my room. <laughs> <laughs> he said every time he goes and, and this was he, he goes so I go into my room and he kind of like slumped down in the chair mm-hmm. he said and I hit my curtains and then he looked to see what my response was going to be <laughs> but I just kept smiling <laughs> yeah I hit my curtains we he's he is a little whippersnapper and he goes and then I tell God I'm sorry for what I did I'm sorry for what I did and so, and this is what I want to talk to you about later, because maybe you can help me mm-hmm. to help him understand the difference and the significance mm-hmm. um, and asking Jesus Christ to forgive you, like placing mm. your faith in him for salvation mm-hmm. and not just being sorry for yes. that thing that you did. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And I was trying to make that clear, but I, I thought I was muddying things up for him. <laughs> and so, so I just kind oh, of backed yeah. out a little bit. I was like, ah, let me pull back a little bit because... It's it's obvious that his heart is tender toward his wrongdoing. Yes. That he feels guilt over that. But I was trying to connect that to um coming to Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, like to to be converted, to say no to your old life or to to understand that your soul is eternal. Yeah. You know, and and I just don't know that the five year old Sam Witt was processing it as as much as I had hoped he yeah. would process it, you know? Well, it's Anyway, go ahead. You were going to no, say something. Praise God. I'm, I'm glad that uh, he uh, wanted you, number one, to read uh, the Bible with yes. him. Yes. You know, and that he, because, man, that's that's my prayer. My prayer, you know, um, for all of our kids, and even, uh, you know, I was praying this morning for the kids at our, our local assembly, mm-hmm. is that, man, that there will be uh, more than just a knowledge of God, 
head right. knowledge. But yes. man, an experience in knowing God, because, you know, there was a difference between the children of Israel and Moses. Mm-hmm. You know, one knew his acts. Mm-hmm. Another one knew his ways. Yes. And sometimes mm. we can, you know, really pump information into our children. We can do yes. a great apologetics. We can, That's right. you know, give them uh, the scriptures of memorize. But man, there's something about that experience with walking with the Lord, that experience that you, it's like a marker in your life. It's mm-hmm. like David when he uh, held up his staff and he remembered the lion and the bear, mm. you know, and his walking with God. Yes. We have to give our, our children, you know, uh, or, or pray that our children would experience those things because those things solidify uh, even our faith. You know, some people That's right. uh, like to push aside experience, but man, experience builds, you know, our relationship with the Lord. Yes, it I does. Can, I can look back on my life and say, man, I remember this time, this time I grew so much in the Lord, you know, because of this that was going on. And I had mm-hmm. to really call on him. You know, mm-hmm. and and my, my prayer is, man, that our children won't just accumulate knowledge, yes. uh, just won't know just, you know, the right things to say, the right answers to the questions. But That's to right. really know God in a personal way. That's right. And to be prepared to have built the type of character that sustains them in the experiences that yes. they will have with the Lord. Like they will have it. They will have these experiences. Right. And some of the things that we go through. We think, well, I want to keep my kid as far away from that as possible. Now, mm. listen, you guys know we're ace number one talking about protecting your kids. Right. But what we're not saying is that you try to create an existence in your kid where they are um, they don't live in the world. You can't isolate your, your child from life. Life True. is going to happen. How do they uh, respond when they engage life, when things yes. happen? You know, how do they respond? I think we have a great opportunity as parents to help them to, to see, you know, how to engage life, you know, That's exactly being right. led by God, being led by God. And if they're born again, Holy Spirit lives inside of them, yep. you know, so that they can they can make it through. And those experiences are going to uh, uh, cause them to grow and to be solidified even more in the faith. You know, we were talking with our kids um, last week around the table about sin and about the propensity to sin and about saying no to sin. And um, we use this illustration with them, uh, Timmy, who is one year mm-hmm. um, and, and just a couple months almost. But uh, he we, we use the example that uh, that um, what if we put him in a high chair mm-hmm. and we put a cookie in front of him mm-hmm. yeah. and we told him that he couldn't eat the cookie, but we strapped his arms down to the chair. Yeah. No one be alarmed. This has not happened. No, this, this is no not one, a real this situation. Is, this is, okay. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> fingers on the dial. They're like, hold For up. Real. We're calling them. We would like to report. <laughs> we just use it as an illustration. We said, what if we tell Timmy he can't have these cookies, um, but we strap his arms to the to the chair and so that you know, he can't really grab the cookies. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then we walk away. And then 30 minutes later, we come back. And then do we applaud him that he hasn't eaten the cookies? <laughs> Is there any virtue in that? Mm. He didn't have the opportunity mm. to eat the cookies. Right. I mean, he so so but what happens if we put the cookies on the tray and his arms are I mean, he can access his arms, he can use them. Yeah. His arms are free. And we walk away 30 minutes we come back and the cookies are there. Can we be certain that then Timmy has made a choice to obey? 
Yes, we can be certain. And so we were trying to explain to them that even though we look at the struggles that we have against sin and we look at the struggles that we have in the world, that the Lord has tasked us with showing our genuine love for him by resisting the pull of the world. He doesn't force us. He doesn't coerce us, but he sets before us life and death. And then we choose. And the virtue is not in like, well, I've never been in a situation like that. Well, okay. (laughs) But, but the virtue is in, you know, I was in a situation like that Mm -hmm. and the Lord, by the power of his spirit, gave me the strength to say no, Mm -hmm. the strength to walk away, the Mm -hmm. strength to run away, Mm -hmm. the strength to not engage. And that is what we're trying to build in our kids. Yeah, that those are the types of people that we are trying to um, disciple and train to live in 21st century America. And I think what so many parents don't recognize is that those lessons um, often begin with the example that we set for our kids. Yeah. How, how are we living before our kids? Do they see those moments where we're in a situation where, you know, we could have done this mm-hmm. and this would not bring glory to God. Um, but instead we did this. Mm. And, and, and let me use that to circle back to today's topic. Today's topic is holy holidays and human sexuality. Mm. Holy, holy holidays. holidays almost seems like I'm being redundant, right? Cause the holy days, <laughs> right. right? Holidays. Um, but it's not, it's just a term that we use today. Um, but holy holidays and human sexuality this time of year, um, people are spending a lot of time in other people's homes and there are other people coming over to their homes and various family members and where I really want to focus. And, and we have a guest who's joining us today, Janet Boynes, who is the founder and the CEO of Janet Boynes ministries, Um, is joining us to talk about um, what we still need to be aware of as it pertains to homosexuality. Um, As even today, people feel like that's sort of, um, you know, a a vigilant position of the early 2000s, right? Mm. Like people are kind of like, well, now it's transgenderism. Like they've kind of moved on, but really we're talking about and the like, we're talking about all of the things that people are dealing with. Um, which rival the holiness of God, or there's a struggle against, if I I could say it that way, Mm -hmm. the authority of God. Um, Our kids are watching for us to make decisions that are consistent with our profession of faith. That's right. So if you've got someone who is claiming to be a Christian, claiming to be a believer, the question in a nutshell is, can that person, excuse the expression, come to Christmas? Can that person come to Christmas? I know that seems (laughs) like, You can't come to an event, but you know what I mean? Can that person fellowship with the believers, uh, biblically speaking? So Mm. how do we as believers deal with loved ones in the area of homosexuality? Basically is the question. We're going to have a conversation around that and so much more. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We really do appreciate you listening. Um, I'm Miki. And I'm Will in that throne room, uh, Kim Walker-Smith. 
Sherry B and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate today's program. Um, we're discussing holy holidays and mm-hmm. human sexuality. And we want to have a conversation. And again, I gave a disclaimer that maybe some of what we're going to discuss is not suitable for young ears. Certainly, if you've not had a conversation with your kids yet about um, the topic that we're going to discuss today, human mm-hmm. sexuality, then you might want to kind of step away for a minute, um, put it on pause or stop or listen to the podcast later. Yeah. Just however it is that you do to be vigilant, do that. Um, but we we want to talk about the battle that we are in. The battle is not over because we are just kind of manning other posts. There are a lot of different fronts for the fight, right? Yeah. Um, but sometimes we find ourselves uh, leaving one front and then thinking that, well, that battle is, is over. It's already mm-hmm. won and it's not. And the enemy continues to deceive people and That's people right. are being led astray. Joining us today is our sister, Janet Boynes, who is the founder and CEO of Janet Boynes Ministries. Um, you can check out that ministry by going to JanetBoynesMinistries.com.com. Uh, Janet lived um, a lesbian lifestyle for 14 years. And then over 18 years ago, um, the Lord called her out of that lifestyle. And um, we want to have a conversation around not only the work that the Lord did um, in her life, but the ongoing work that the Lord has indeed called her to. And hopefully it will be an encouragement for our listeners um, as we all glean and learn, because dealing with the question of human sexuality is not something that we expect to just go away. Believers mm. have to be vigilant. Yeah. We have to stand on the word of God. And I think so often what we don't realize is that the way we respond to these issues in culture, the way we respond to these issues indicate what we think about the holiness of God. Mm. What do we say about who God is? Janet, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. I'm hoping that we could begin with um, you kind of, for some of our listeners, um, taking us back to your story and uh, sharing with us uh, the life that you lived and then ultimately how the Lord called you out of that lifestyle. Hey, thank you so much. You know, I was raised in a family of seven kids, four different fathers. I was born out of wedlock, middle child, you know, not knowing who my father was till I was 13, always assuming that there was somebody else that was my dad, which wasn't the case. But I had a father that raised me who fathered the three under me was an alcoholic and fights would break out in our home all the time. Every Friday he didn't come home. We knew we were going to be up every weekend with Mm. fights going on and watching our mother get abused, which was traumatic for us because I always thought, man, if this is the way it's going to be, I don't want no part of it. Mm. My mother, who was not with her husband at the time, I would follow my sister to her dad's house and he wind up sexually raping me, molesting me. And then I was raped by an altar boy. You put all that together and statistics, over 85% of women that have been sexually assaulted are now living a life of homosexuality. And Mm. on the rise, there's 60% of men who has had some type of sexual abuse who are living the life of homosexuality. That was traumatic for me, but that did not push me into the homosexual life. I didn't get into that life until my 30s when I met this wonderful guy in Minneapolis, Minnesota that courted me for three years and then asked me to marry him. And I was so excited. I went home and I shared with my family, not only about my newfound faith, but about the the man that I was going to marry. And one thing that I think is important is that I associated black men 
with rape and abuse. Mm. So I didn't want to marry a black man. Mm. I didn't, I was afraid of most black men. Only, not only was I cheated on, not only did I see my mother get abused on a regular basis to a point where, you know, she couldn't even go to church because of all the bruises on her body. And one day he knocked her down the steps and we thought she was dead. Those images I can still see today, Mm. which I have put myself back in, in counseling under a counselor because my mother passed away two years ago. And mm. now it's time for me to really deal with what happened in my childhood. Even though I had counseling before, even mm. at the age of 63, I still need to deal with some things that have impacted me from all the brokenness, all the trauma that I've been through as a child. With wow. that being said, the man that I look forward to marrying was really excited about marrying him. He was Caucasian. Three months before we were supposed to walk down the aisle, I met a girl at my job. She's a Christian. She says she was. Her dad is a pastor in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We wind up hanging out. I was spending too much time with her. I spent the night and wind up having a sexual relationship Hmm. with her. The next day, I told my pastor, which was an Assemblies of God pastor, he did not know the three things that he told me were the right three things. And I believe that was the wisdom of God. Get a counselor, call off your wedding, and get some help. I did two of the three. I called off my wedding. I did not get any help. And I walked away from the Lord for 14 Mm. years. Wow. Wow. Oh my goodness. There's so much in that, Janet. And and there are so Mm. many different aspects that I want to go back to. Because I think for so many of us, like, if you could just imagine this, and, and I know you do this, this is the ministry that the Lord has now given you because of wholeness and freedom from this lifestyle so I'm I'm wondering though, like you know, when a person hears, um, I I spent a night at a person's house, you know, and then all of a sudden there's a sexual relationship. I think for most people who do not battle with their sexuality, um, for people who have not had injuries in the past, I think that's a difficult leap. Can you help even maybe parents who are listening understand? how someone, maybe they've been taught. I mean, the parents are, you know, saying we've taught our kids better than this. And and now they have fallen or willingly, willfully walked into this lifestyle. How does a person get to that place? You know what I say to parents, sin will take you further than you want to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. I didn't think I was going to live a homosexual life for 14 years. I thought I was one and done. But Mm. once sin gets a hold of you, like cocaine and drugs and alcohol, Mm. not everybody go into that life, but you do wind up getting pulled into something that you never thought you were going to get into. We get emails from parents all over the country, not only in the United States, but out of the United States. My child was raised in a Christian home. How could they? Well, just Mm. think about it. None of us are exempt from sin. Mm. We all sin every day. So it's not about them going into homosexuality. They could have went into drugs. They could have went into pornography. They could have been a killer. They could have been a thief. They chose this to medicate their pain. So whatever pain we're dealing with, and think about this in the African-American family, in the black family, we were never taught to go to counseling. Uh, wasn't heard of back in my era. Mm -hmm. And even sometimes today, we just want to push this thing under the carpet and pray to God it goes away. But it doesn't go away. And now we're stuck dealing with this and we're acting out of our pain. Wow. Wow. Janet, can you share with um, our listeners um, 
I guess maybe the PG or PG 13 version of your life for the 14 years that you mm -hmm. lived as a lesbian. I know that in our culture, yeah. it continues to be something that is um, sanitized and glamorized. Yeah. And now more than ever, mm -hmm. I mean, there was a time where mm -hmm. even though it was increasing and in sort of like the normalcy, I guess, if you will, like you were seeing this occur and um, I don't know, maybe in some ways we were becoming desensitized, but now, I mean, not only is it just, it, it's beyond the point of being tolerated in our culture, it is in fact favored and celebrated. Can you paint a picture of what that lifestyle is actually like? That lifestyle isn't as glamorous as people think it is. You see many times that I was out there living that life. I remember the days of being in a bar drinking and my friends used to say, why do you talk about God so much when you're in the bar? And I was wow. like, do I really? They're like, uh, all the time. So what was in me was coming out of me, even though I wasn't walking with God. And that doesn't happen with everybody. But let me tell you something. Sin for me was fun for that season. For the first five years, I had the women I wanted. I had a car. I had drugs. I had a place to live. I had a lot of fun because the rejection that I received growing up, not getting attention that I wanted from mom or from dad, I was starting to get it from these women. So, wow. hey, that was cool to me. I was accepted. Somebody was loving me. Somebody was spending time with me. People wanted to be with me. And that was attracting to me. But after a period of time, I say in my sixth and seventh year, it wasn't fun anymore because what I was looking for to medicate my pain was no longer working for me. I was starting to feel empty again. The void was there. So I started going to drugs and I went to alcohol. I became bulimic. I was searching. I knew God was my answer. I didn't know how to get back to him. I had a great walk with God. I knew him personally. I could sense his presence. That was no longer there. And my question to myself was, how am I going to get back to the relationship that I had with God? And I didn't know how to do that. So what I did was I started using other things to medicate my pain. And none of that was working for me. And I was miserable and I was unhappy. So a lot of people think it was glamorous. The fights that would break out in our relationships, not just mine, a lot of women out there. We are always in fights in our relationships on a regular basis. And a lot of people want you to think that they were born that way. We know that's not true. We know we're born into sin, but we were not born into the life of homosexuality because you know what? God is a smart God. If that's what he wanted for today, he would have said it back in Genesis. Mm -hmm. And that's he right. never said anything about homosexuality. So we have to realize is that number one, God never calls us by our shame. He always calls us by our name that God would never put us into something that he is totally against. But to look at it and say it's glamorous, you don't realize how many people contact Janet Boyne's Ministries and say, I am hurting so bad. If I could show mm -hmm. you guys the emails, I would. I am. Did we lose Janet? Hey, Janet, are you there? It's not as glamorous as people think it is. Wow. I'm so glad that you made that point, because I do think that that's a part of the battle that we are dealing with today in our culture, that not only is this sin, this particular sin normalized and celebrated, but you have people who will even go, I would say, go to great lengths to present a glamorous presentation, like in all of our, um, I guess, what would be culturally normative uh, presentations in the media mm -hmm. and in movies and even in 
television ads, like commercials and things like that, there was always this presentation that this is not even to be um, winked at. Like this is not a, a lifestyle that is abnormal or anything out of the ordinary. In right. fact, it's completely normal and natural mm. is the presentation. And not only that, but these people are living a grand life. Like they, they have a better life than the person who is striving to please God. They won't say that, but that's what's presented in the media. And and one of my concerns is that this is what we are up against um, as Christians. This is what parents mm-hmm. are up against um, we mm-hmm. look at what's happening in our school system, mm-hmm. how all, ac- all across uh, the different disciplines, what our kids are faced with is a healthy dose of homosexuality. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering if the church has sort of um, pulled back a little bit in addressing mm-hmm. this because we've not rooted ourselves in the word of God. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Wow. You, you said a lot there. <laughs> you know, rooting, I'll, I'll go with rooting ourselves in the word of God is so important we have gotten away from biblical principles. Our children have gotten away from biblical principles. If you go back and look at, uh, was it, is it called Barn? What is uh, something? The stats just came out. Barna, uh, Barna. Barna yeah. Research. Yes, yes. that, yes. yes. And from 1996, I believe, I don't wanna go back on my phone because I realize I'll disconnect from you guys. If you look at that from 1996 to 2021, I believe that's it you will see that there's been a 70% increase in our Gen Z's going into the life of homosexuality. And they're walking away from their faith and they don't even trust the body of Christ. They don't trust the church. You know, my spiritual father, James Robeson, who is over life today, and I'll send this to you. He just wrote a letter asking pastors, telling pastors, look, I've had a relationship with Janet Boings since 2009, since she was on the show. If you want somebody to come to your church and have compassion without compromising God's words, who's going to love those that are struggling, she's your girl. He did that because so many pastors are are afraid of having somebody come into church. But what's happening to, if pastors are listening, is that we have people in our pews that are suffering in silence. Mm. They are suffering in silence because we'll talk about drugs, we'll talk about broken marriages, but homosexuality is what we're dealing with in the 21st century. These kids can handle it. If they can go into this life, they can handle hearing about this life. And Mm. from what I'm hearing from the Gen Z's and millennials, they don't want no watered down gospel. Speak right. truth to them. This is a different era. Yeah. No, this is we can do that with them. Let's stay here for just a second because I think that you are making an incredible point. Most pastors are ministry leaders, if we want to just broaden the, the titles there, yes. will avoid this topic because they think it's not suitable for for this generation. When, in fact, the point that you just made is that this generation is flooding this lifestyle. They have grown Mm up um, where this has been normal in their development. And so but we keep silent as if it has not been normal in their development. How do we begin to have these conversations in addition to bringing in people who have not only lived this life and the Lord has dramatically brought them out? How do pastors and ministers uh, begin to engage? And we only got about um, a minute. Do we have a minute before we go to the break here? Or is it 30 yeah. seconds? Yeah, we, we probably need to wait till after the break. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's question. good. Because I don't want to have to I don't want to have to cut our sister off. Okay, <laughs> well, then let's do that. Let's let's pick up on the other side of the break um, with an answer to this question. Why are we failing our kids in this way? Mm. Why are we ignoring the things that are luring them into destruction? 
And these things are very aggressive, by the way. I don't want people to think that the use of the word lure implies that it's passive, that it's something that they're just stumbling upon. No, we live in the midst of a very aggressive culture right. that is after our children, almost just, just dragging our children to destruction. And yet we say, we clutch our pearls. <laughs> we can't talk about that. When everybody else is talking about that from the wrong perspective. We got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Dunson Oyegin, Yahweh. And our guest today is Janet Boynes, who is the founder and CEO of Janet Boynes Ministries. You can go to JanetBoynesMinistries.com and learn more about the incredible work that she and her team are doing for the glory of God. You know what I realized though? I did I did raise a question mm -hmm. um, as we were going to the break, but and and it was confirmed by Will the Great. <laughs> we actually did not um, ask the question of how the Lord brought you out of this lifestyle. We talked about that this lifestyle is not glamorous. We talked about how you went into this lifestyle and lived it for 14 years. But I did not ask specifically about the catalyst. What did the Lord do? How did the Lord draw you out of this lifestyle and then um, we can follow up from there with how churches are best serving or should be best serving those who are struggling that, that's a great question because i've been out of that life now over 20 years mm. i came back to the lord in 1998 mm. and then now we're going into 2022 still free not tempted no residue to mm. even Praise confirm God. that i was in that life and Man. you wow. know <laughs> I, i'm grateful for what the lord has done in my life but it wasn't like you know um, the prodigal son where, you know, his father went out looking for him. You know, I was out there in the pig pen for a long time. And mm. trust me, God did not send somebody out looking for me. I had to get to a place where I hit my own rock bottom. Wow. You know, my mom didn't come to me and say, you're going to hell because, of, you know, in the black culture, we handle things differently in the Caucasian culture and Hispanic and Asian, everybody who handles things differently. But I found my own way back. It's funny because down the street from my home, there was a church and I was blinded to that church. Every time I passed, it was a mile away. I never saw that church in the five years that I lived in, in that area. And one day the Lord illuminated that church to me. And I would say to the girl that I was with at the time, I'm gonna go to that church someday. She said, well, why don't you go? And I was like, uh, no, I'm not going there. So mm. I had a cleaning business and five years later, Prior to seeing that church, I left my job at three o'clock in the morning because I was maintaining the cardio for Lifetime Fitness. And I told my staff I was going to the grocery store. And when I went to the grocery store, I was going in and this lady with all these groceries was coming out. And somehow we engaged in a conversation because I said to the woman, you know, I'm a very sensitive person and very caring person. I said, ma'am, you're out here at three o'clock in the morning, all these groceries. Don't you know somebody could, you know, take your purse or hurt you? She goes, oh, I'm not worried about it. And she said, I just dropped my son off at school. 
I said, ma'am, I'm not going to hurt you. You don't have to lie. No school is open three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) You know, know, I'm thinking she's thinking, you know, black girl, you know, she's going to beat me up and take my stuff. And she said, no, my son, I just dropped him off at school. I said, school, three o'clock in the morning. She said, yes, we're Christians. My husband and I are going on vacation tomorrow and I have four boys and we need to get groceries and we're leaving bright and early. So I just figured I dropped my son off. I would come to the grocery store and head home. And I said, well, what school? And she said, oh, he's in a dorm at North Central Bible College. And the wheels started turning because I took homiletics and hermeneutics before I walked away from my faith. So I knew that this woman was a Christian. So I said to Tammy Brown in Minneapolis, Minnesota, she, I, I said, um, you know, I used to be a Christian, but, you know, I'm, I'm a lesbian right now. And I walked away from my faith a long time ago. And she said, you know what? We will be back in two weeks. Why don't you come to church with me? She pulled out a brochure, wrote her phone number. And when she gave it to me, it was the church that was down the street from me. <laughs> and now, wait a minute. Don't tell me your steps aren't ordered, folks. Right. Because right. God knew what I needed to get back. It was up to me to make the decision. I was ready. I was done. Two weeks later, I went back and rededicated my heart to the Lord. But let me say this, because I think this is really crucial. It was the church, the body of Christ, the women in my Bible study. When I, Tammy called me weeks later and said, hey, there's a Bible study. Why don't you go? I didn't know what to expect. I looked just like a man. I walked to this Bible study. When I got to the door, I tried to backpedal, but I was like, I was in cement. I could move forward, but I could not move backwards. So I just went in and sat down. These women were expecting me, not knowing if I was going to show up. And we did this go around. And they all introduced themselves. And I said, my name is Janet. And I'm almost ready to cry. And I said, I'm living a homosexual life. But if you help me, I promise you, I will serve God. I was desperate. I wanted out. So weeks later, one of the, the ladies that were over the Bible study came to me, her and her husband, and said, we have been praying for you. And the Lord really spoke to our heart, but it's up to you. We would love for you to come live with us. I sold my house at the age of 40. My girlfriend moved out and I moved in with a Christian family for a year. And that's where God really started showing me how a wife treats her husband, how what a family looks like, because I never had that. I've only knew families to be abused or be hurt. I really never seen what I saw when I moved in with this particular family. And they just loved me. And from there on, God kept guiding my steps. I knew that if I look back, that I would go back to my old life. What happened was I started changing the people that I spent my time with. You have to change your whole environment. Hmm. I hung out with nothing but the couples at my church. They took me everywhere. And that's when God really started showing me There was a future for me. There was a plan for me. And I would have visions of myself on the pulpit. And I would take the broom when I'm cleaning. And I would be preaching like I'm seeing all these people, not knowing that I'm like, I think I would stop and think, this must be crazy. What am I doing? I get back to cleaning. And I start doing it again. (laughs) And so, you know, from there on, it really was the church that surrounded me. Every church that I went to, 
knew something about my life and they all embraced me. And that's what got wow. me here today. Man, what, a, what an amazing testimony, <laughs> Janet. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm so floored by um, the love, the amazing love of God that he draws us. And, and as you pointed yeah. out, you know, there was, there was not, um, if you will, a human search and rescue mission, but there no. certainly was a spiritual one. The Lord certainly was drawing you by the power of his spirit and leading you and then even bringing people into your path to love you. I'm mm. I'm hearing so much in what you're saying. I'm hearing of the importance of the body of Christ. I'm hearing of the importance of love and compassion without compromise. And I'm wondering if Addison, let me let me pick, go ahead. Let me piggyback on that real quick. Sure. Because what I tell parents is that how you pray for your child is important. Mm. God is omnipresent. He's all knowing. He knows where your child is. You sit and ridicule your child because they're living a life of homosexuality or living in some type of sin. Like God cannot change their heart. If we start being parents and loving our child, not accepting them, not allowing their same sex partner to come over because you have to set up boundaries. Because if you allow that same sex partner, your child to bring that same sex partner over and you have little children, you are teaching them that homosexuality and heterosexuality are okay. Mm. And what parents don't realize is that you're teaching your child that they can be gay or they could be a lesbian or they can be a homosexual and, or they can have a heterosexual relationship, but God can get to our child faster than we can. And I say it's difficult for parents because I know they love their child, but they have to surrender. And they have to ask God for wisdom. And James, it talks about it. James 1, 5, I was reading it this morning. If you lack wisdom, ask. Amen. He gives it out generously. We have a God that loves us who wants their child to serve him, not because they have to, but because he, they want to. Amen. You know, Janet, I, I know that for a fact there are parents who are listening to this program right now who are struggling mm. with the decisions they'll make um, this holiday season. Mm. Um, and, and I want to present mm. to you two different scenarios, and I'm hoping that we can arrive at a biblical conclusion on how we encourage parents. Okay, so say, for example, you've got a kid or a loved one, a sister or a cousin, anybody who is claiming to be a Christian and yet saying, I am, I am a homosexual. I, this, this is who I am while claiming to be a Christian. And then same scenario, but not claiming to be a Christian. How do we as believers, Bible-believing Christians, how do we uh, impact the lives of these people while maintaining that God is holy and he will not be mocked? Mm -hmm. God is holy and he will not be mocked. What a man sows, he will also reap. And this is the worst time of the year for parents. Holidays are brutal for parents because their children are giving them an ultimatum. You either accept me, you either allow my same-sex partner to come over. And I don't know why the same-sex partner want to come over when the parents don't want them there. You know, <laughs> you have one pulling them one way and you have the other one pulling them another way. Um, parents have to make a decision. And I think it's so important for the parent to get into the word of God and realize what it says in Romans, that it teaches that homosexuality is unnatural. If it wasn't unnatural and if it was God, I probably would still be out there. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? There wouldn't be, there would be many people who would never come to faith. If it was natural, it wouldn't be many people who have transitioned or had gender reassignment surgery. You can Google that right now. They want to, Degender. 
They don't mm -hmm. want that anymore. They mm -hmm. realize they made a mistake and parents have to stay true. It's their responsibility to be educated and educate their children in spite of their child turning their back on them because that's biblical as well, that our kids are gonna walk away from their faith. You know, people are walking away from their faith. Pastors are walking away from their faith mm -hmm. to go into homosexuality or have you know, civil unions, what the world calls marriage. Let me correct that for people. Let's not call it a marriage. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Yeah. It's a civil union. Let's not get it conflicted. That's you know, good. God would never call that a marriage. I call it a civil union, not being mean to the gay community, but I'm willing to stand up for righteousness, hmm. even at the point of having death threats, even to the point of them wanting me to be taken out. I have one to answer to, and that's God. Amen. Amen. Let's let's go back to that for a second, because I don't think that we talk enough about what um, our brothers and sisters who come to faith in the Lord and leave the homosexual lifestyle face. Um, because there, the culture right now celebrates doing everything that the Lord condemns. I mean, that's just a fact. Our culture celebrates mm -hmm. wickedness and, but especially mm -hmm. as it pertains to the homosexual or the transgender lifestyle, it is celebrated. But I think what doesn't get enough attention is that when people come out of this lifestyle and they want to share their stories, their testimonies, that is seen as hostile or mean spirited. And it's often met with threats. It, it, we are ridiculed. Um, a lot of times, if you go to my fan page on Facebook and you go through some of the things I post, oh my gosh, they come after me like nobody's business and they're supposed to be the Christians and I'm supposed to be the devil. But isn't that what wickedness is? Isn't that what Satan does? He goes against what God said. You know, the rainbow, a lot of people don't want to wear you know, anything rainbow because it's affiliated or associated with the devil. Well, wait a minute. It was affiliated and associated with God first people. Amen. Yeah. We yeah, can't be good. afraid of that. That, that, that was something that God has given us as Amen. to what he would not do anymore. So let's celebrate the rainbow because their rainbow is a counterfeit. Mm -hmm. The God that there's, if you're not serving God, the Bible says you're serving another master. You're serving Satan. You can't have two. Mm -hmm. So just know that, we are in the palm of his hands and so are your children. And I believe that we will be held accountable. And let me just say this, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Amen. that Jesus is Lord. But I also want to say there is a lot more people wanting out of this life who are afraid to come out of the life, not knowing what's on the other side for them. Like I mm -hmm. was, I didn't know what to expect on the other side. I mm -hmm. had to walk this thing out even if I had to walk it out alone. And you know what? Even at the age of 63, and people look at my pictures and think, yeah, you're not 63. I am. And I'm still <laughs> single. I'm still single. If you guys know any great single Christian men out there, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. But let me say this. In spite of that, in spite of the loneliness and everything I went through, there's nothing that makes me want to walk away from Jesus today after everything Amen. he's done for me. Amen. I love Amen. him that much mm -hmm. that I'm willing to stay single and be pure. Even though you go on dating sites and the men are saying, well, you're going to be alone the rest of your life because we want to have sex before marriage. We can't wait. I'm willing to stay pure 
for God mm -hmm. and those millennials and Gen Zs that we want them to follow after us. We need to show Christianity before they can be a Christian. Mm. Man, Janet, thank you so much. What yeah. a I love y'all. I love you. Listen, <laughs> yeah, you awesome. are an encouragement. And what a jewel. And and let me just say, um, amen to the fact that you don't look 63. I mean, that's <laughs> that right there is a testimony in addition to the testimony testimony that you shared. Um, but thank you for Janet Boynes Ministries. I want to make sure to direct our listeners to JanetBoynesMinistries.com. Um, man, we have the answers that people need. We have what they are looking for. Let us not keep quiet. Let us run out into the fray with the truth. Let us not cower back mm. uh, behind the scenes, but let us tell the truth loudly. Um, Janet, thank you so much. We appreciate you. We are out of time until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.